This is the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. And welcome to a Monday night edition of the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. We'll be on Monday this week, and we'll be on Monday next week. So the show's going to air on Monday this week and Monday next week. We will not be on Sunday next week. We will be on Monday next week, exactly like it was this week. So for those of you listeners uh, who, who tune in, who, who love the Howie Silberger Show, and I know there's a lot of you out there, uh, next week the show will be on Monday night instead of Sunday night. God willing, if nothing else happens, the show will be on Monday instead of Sunday. Uh, I'm Howie Silver, it's the Howie Silver Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a special Monday night edition. And I have to talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Because it's just mind-boggling. Not that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a congresswoman from New York, said that the American border, the detention centers at the American border, are exactly like concentration camps. That's not what's mind-boggling, because Jew-haters do that. It's not mind-boggling that when she was invited to actually go visit concentration camps, she turned them down. She turned down the visit. She said, no way, I'm not going. That's not even mind-boggling because people who are ignorant and who make ignorant statements generally don't like when their ignorance is pointed out and generally don't like to be invited to, um, to trips where, where uh, education is, is, a, is a large factor. Because once they're educated, they can't make these ignorant comments anymore. So that's really what it comes down to. But what mind boggles me, what really gets my mind, it gets my goat and drives me crazy, are these so-called progressive Jews. And I say so-called uh, progressive and so-called Jews. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not combining the two. Uh, so-called progressive Jews. When I say so-called, I'm referring to the progressive, not to the Jews. Because many of them are Jews. Many of them aren't, but many of them are. Uh the so-called progressive Jews who have backed Ocasio-Cortez's statement that the American border is exactly like concentration camps. This is what's mind-boggling. And they try to prove it in, in so many different ways. And we all know that the only reason they're backing this idiotic statement from an idiotic congresswoman who has half a brain cell is simply because they hate Trump. That's it. It's, it's all about hating Trump. It's not about concentration camps. It's not about the uh, immigrants on the border. Nobody cares about those people. Nobody cares about how they're being held on the border. It's all BS. It's all about destroying Trump. Because the situation on the border hasn't changed at all since the Obama years. Obama was running the border exactly the way Trump is running the border. And these people kept quiet because it was St. Obama. But here, because it's Trump, suddenly it's a huge issue. And suddenly it's concentration camps. With Obama, it wasn't concentration camps. And this is the sick, sad, disgusting part of this whole thing. So last week, when I, I spoke about this uh, briefly last week, I spoke actually about Netflix roasting Anne Frank, putting together a show that roasted Anne Frank, that I spoke about last week, that the reverence for Holocaust victims has disappeared that the awe 
of the uniqueness of the Holocaust has disappeared. And now the Holocaust has become an event like the Spanish Inquisition, an event, an event like the Crusades, an event that is just an event that happened. It's a historical event, and we could appropriate aspects of that historical event to fit our political purposes today, because it happened so long ago, and there are very few people who remember the event. Therefore, we could twist and turn the actual facts of the event around so that people today can believe that Donald Trump is a Nazi. Because that's what Don Lemon called him last week on CNN. Don Lemon called Donald Trump a Nazi the same day that Ocasio-Cortez said that there were concentration camps on the American border. So as you can see, this is a, a concerted effort to destroy the president of the United States and has really little to do with comparing the, the border to Nazism or comparing the, uh, the, the border uh, prisons to concentration camps. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I ran through a list of the differences between what happened in a concentration camp and what happens at the American border. I'm not going to do that again today because um, it's pointless. Because lefties will not listen. They do not care. Their goal is to destroy Trump, and so they will use any rhetoric they could possibly think of. That makes Trump look like a Nazi, makes Trump look evil. They'll use it just to uh, just try to destroy him. So there's a... Um, there is a, there's a website, of course there is, called CommonDreams.org. And CommonDreams.org wrote a brief, a brief history of U.S. concentration camps. And so first they offer a definition of concentration camps. Because, of course, you have to define what you're talking about in order to, in order to talk about it. So their definition of concentration camps is simple. It's a place where a large number of people, especially political prisoners or members of persecuted minorities are deliberately imprisoned in a relatively small area with inadequate facilities, sometimes to provide forced labor or to await max execution. That uh, definition was, came from the Oxford English Dictionary. What does that definition exclude? You get 100 points if you could tell me what that definition excludes. Well, there are two things that definition excludes. Number one, the definition does not say that the term concentration camp was coined to talk about the death camps of Nazi Germany. That definition does not tell you that. The second thing that definition does not tell you is that the only time in history that the term concentration camp has ever been used has been in reference to the Holocaust, has been in reference to Auschwitz, Majdanek, Birkenau, Dachau, Camps that were built, factories that were built to annihilate the Jewish people, genocide factories. That is the only time in history that the term concentration camp has ever been used. This article on, uh, on Common Dreams, on commondreams.org, continues with, well, the U.S. has had concentration camps before. Take a look at what they did after World War II with the Japanese. They put them into concentration camps. No, they didn't. In fact, um, in fact, uh, George Takai, who was in a con who was in who was in an internment camp during World War II or just after World War II, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, America 
shamefully rounded up all their Japanese citizens and threw them into internment camps. They were not concentration camps. No, not even close. The internment camps that America threw the Japanese into weren't very comfortable. They weren't treated very nicely. But they also weren't thrown into gas chambers and then burned in ovens. They also weren't starved to death. They also weren't whipped and beaten and used as forced labor. That didn't happen. There is a difference between an internment camp and a concentration camp. When you're being held as a political prisoner, it is different than when you're being held in a cell. A cell, uh, it's a huge cell. It was, it was, it was a full, it was full area. When you're being held in an area waiting genocide, there's quite a difference. Now, I will argue, and I, I will accept the argument, and somebody made that argument to me this week, that... In Bosnia, in the Bosnian War, during the Bosnian War, the camps that were set up there to put Serbians into were concentration camps. And that I will agree with because those were genocide camps. They were set up. These people were starved. If you look at the pictures of Jews coming out of Auschwitz at the end of the war and Jews coming out of these camps in Bosnia at the end of that war, I'm sorry, Bosnians coming out of the camps in Bosnia at the end of that war, You'll see quite clearly that they look exactly the same. They were starved, they were beaten, they were used as forced labor. It fit the criteria of concentration camps, but nobody even called those concentration camps. Because concentration camps were reserved for the Jewish genocide. So what happens when we start seeing terminology that was used specifically to refer to the Holocaust? being abused and used to refer to other things, being politicized because people don't like the President of the United States. What happens? Well, quite simply, the power and impact of those words disappear. They don't exist anymore. There's no more power, no more impact of those words. They lose their, they lose their power. They lose their specialness. And the horrors of what happened in these concentration camps in Germany and in Poland and in Czechoslovakia, the horrors that happened in those camps get minimized. They get diminished. Now, that's happening anyway because Holocaust education sucks. And that's happening anyway. But it happens so much quicker when you appropriate the language and, and you downgrade the language you, you know who realized that a long time ago? It was the, uh, the, the gay community realized that a long time ago. So that's why they have uh, queer marches and, and fag protests. They do it on purpose because the more they use the language, the less impact the language has. Same reason black rappers started using certain words that were derogatory towards the black community. They started using those words in their rap songs. Because once they, they reclaimed the language, the language was theirs. They controlled it. It wasn't, it wasn't their oppressor's language anymore. It was their language. It minimized the, the power of the word. So when we start referring to, or when, when American Congress people start referring to the American border as concentration camps, what they're doing is they're saying that the Holocaust doesn't matter anymore. They diminish the impact and the and, and, and the horrors of the Holocaust.
And, and that is a very, very scary thing. But Ocasio-Cortez is not only anti-Jewish, and I would say I would say clearly she is, but she's also anti-American. Because now she's giving she's giving tips on how illegal aliens could stay in the country and and and, and evade customs and immigration officials. So this lady is a nutcase, and she she was um, she was elected in New York. By uh, she upseated a, a a standing a standing guy a guy who was there for uh, for a long time. It was a protest vote, but she stuck. I mean, they're stuck with her in in Congress. But just because she's an idiot and she can make these kind of statements, these kind of stupid, idiotic statements, doesn't mean that everybody who hates you know, the United States president has to jump in on the bandwagon and agree with her. Just because she is uneducated doesn't mean that everybody else in the world has to be uneducated. But wait a second, maybe they are. You know, we're almost 80 years after the Holocaust. It's, uh, it's a long time ago. Maybe... We have to start accepting, perhaps. Uh, I can't even say it. I was going to say we have to start accepting that Holocaust Remembrance is coming to an end. That's what it feels like, at least, doesn't it? It's so scary. So scary. And it's so scary that our leadership, the people we trust... To stand in front of us and to defend the memory of the Holocaust victims and the Holocaust survivors who can't defend themselves anymore are remaining silent. Rosanna Arquette tweeted out today, Children are sick and dying inside the cruel concentration camps in the United States of America. This will be the Trump administration's legacy. Any Jewish person who could turn their backs on this evil and does nothing to stop it should be ashamed of themselves. So this is Holocaust shaming. There we go. These internment camps were set up by Obama. Nobody said a word. But now, apparently, they're in Nazi camps. <sighs> and the Jewish community is quiet. We should be ashamed. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. You could call in one 669 We'll take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silberger Show continues right here on the True Talk, uh, the True Talk Radio Network. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network. It's a special Monday night show. And uh, we're on Monday nights this week and next week. Don't forget to download the app at truetalkradio.com. And, of course, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you miss any part of the show, we are podcasted. Subscribe to the podcast off your favorite podcast subscription network. I'm a very tired, old, and worn-out man And my eyes have long been blind most things that people say to me just seem to slip in my mind. Oh, but the suffering and painful times 
that were in years long gone are still as clear upon my memory as the numbers on my arm What will become of all the memories Are they to scatter Stand before the world Knowing what to say When the very last survivor Fades away Fades away When I hold my grandson close to me And his fingers trace the pattern of my tears he asks me, Zayda, tell me why do you cry? What is it that you fear? Oh, and I tell him, there once was another child Who smelled this sweet and felt this warm But he was taken from before my eyes to deny how will they believe in someone never heard the cry shadow no one will recall the faces of the past what will become of all the memories are they to scatter with the dust in the breeze yet one thought gives me comfort it's all that I have loved for I know that God in heaven won't forget. Won't
And I'm Howie Silberger in the special Monday night edition of the Howie Silberger Show. We are uh, on Monday night this week, Monday night next week. Uh, just because we can. Uh, so we're not going to be on Sunday night next week. We'll be on Monday night, exactly like we are this week. Unless things change. But uh, keep uh, keep an eye on the Facebook page. That's where you get all the latest information about what's going on with the Howie Silberger Show. So if things change, it will be announced on the Howie Silberger Show Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, search for Howie Silberger Show, and click on Like. And you'll get the updates there. Because that's where we put the updates when things change on the show. Coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll be joined by Sheldon Eric Freed, my long-suffering producer. Uh, we're talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's a congresswoman from the United States who decided that the American border detention centers for immigrants are concentration camps. Now, I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but uh, I can't help myself. So you got to bear with me because I'm going to do this again because I think it's important. And uh, if you want to call in, by the way, you could give us a call at one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. It's a toll-free call. I pay the bill, so you feel free to call in. The call's on me. So let's look at the difference between a Nazi concentration camp and an American migrant detention center. So... The similarities I'm not going to look at because, I mean, they're both detention centers. So people are being held there against their will. But let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at the, uh, at the difference. Because it's, it's extremely important to understand the difference between a concentration camp and a detention center. 
So, Nazi concentration camps and extermination camps, because we're going to lump them both into the same category, because, you know, somebody, somebody uh, last week, I did this last week on the, on the show from Israel, and somebody actually said to me, you know, Howie, um, not all concentration camps uh, had gas chambers and killed Jews. And I said, you're right, you're right. But the ones that didn't have concentration camps and killed Jews... We're just holding places until the ones that did have gas chambers and killed Jews uh, had room. And then they, they, they transferred them there. So the holding cells don't count. We're talking about the, the massive, the massive killing factories that were Nazi concentration camps. So number one. In Nazi Germany, in the concentration camps, Majdanek, Treblinka, Dachau, Auschwitz, Birkenau, there were gas chambers. Now the gas chambers were there to murder as many people, as many Jews as possible. Now American migrant detention centers, no matter how much America doesn't want the migrant, how much America doesn't want the South American immigrant to come to, a, to, come to the United States, there are no gas chambers at any, any, Border Migrant Detention Center. Not one gas chamber anywhere to be seen in the area, in the vicinity of any American Migrant Detention Center. In Nazi concentration extermination camps, there were crematorias. Because once you gassed the Jews, you had all these bodies you had to dispose of. How do you dispose of them? You burn them. So they had crematorias. I am pre I'm pleased to say, and I'm, I'm very happy to say, that American migrant detention centers across the United States, and uh, especially on the southern border of the United States, there are no gas chambers and there are no crematorias. Nobody's being gassed, nobody's being burned. In the Nazi concentration camps, extermination camps, there were firing squads. So if they didn't like you, and they, and they really, really didn't like you, and they didn't want to wait around until there was room in a gas chamber to shove you in and kill you there, they would shoot you with a firing squad. In American migrant detention centers on the southern border and right across the United States, there has not been one instance of reported firing squads. So the guards aren't lining up and shooting people. They're not shoving people into gas chambers and burning and, and, and gassing them to death. And they're definitely not throwing them into crematories and burning them. So those are three major differences between a Nazi concentration camp and an American migrant detention center in the United States. But there's more. Oh boy, is there more. In Nazi extermination camps, they were called concentration camps, there was starvation. Prisoners were given a little bowl and a drop of water a day and hardly any food, maybe a little piece of bread, and that's what they had to eat and drink for a full day. They were starved. If you ever saw pictures of people coming out of Nazi concentration camps, they were not well nourished. There is no starvation at American migrant detention centers. They have full kitchens and they feed the people that they are detaining. In Nazi concentration camps, there were beatings. The guards didn't like you, they beat you up. And if they really didn't like you, they put you in front of a firing squad. And if they really, really didn't like you, they threw you into a gas chamber and into the crematoria. 
There has not been any, not one report of beatings at any American migrant detention center. Nazi concentration extermination camps, if you, God forbid, had a baby in the camp, if you had a baby while being detained in a Nazi concentration camp, they would take that baby and they would smash that baby against the wall till it was dead. They would beat the baby to dead against uh, to death against the wall. There have been not one reported incident of a baby being born in an American migrant detention center on the southern border, being smashed against a wall and being beaten till death. Hasn't happened. In Nazi concentration extermination camps, there's barbed wire electrified fencing. So if you try to escape from a Nazi concentration camp and you got to the gate and you touched it, you would be electrocuted. There are no electrified barbed wire fencing at American migrant detention centers. In fact, it's just it's fencing. It's, 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 it's a detention center. There's, uh, there's gating. But there's not electrified gating. So if, if a person happens to walk up to the gate and put his hand on the gate, that person will not die. It won't be electrified because it's not an electrified gate. In Nazi concentration extermination camps, they forced all the inmates to shave all the hair off their entire body. Nobody's being forced to shave at American migrant detention centers. They're not forcing you to shave any of the hair off any of your body. They don't care how much hair you have on your body. That's irrelevant to them. In Nazi concentration camps, they appropriated all the belongings. They took all your belongings away. They took everything you owned away. All you had was the uniform that they gave you to wear. At American detention centers, they do not appropriate all people's belongings. In fact, people are with their belongings in the barracks. People are there with the belongings in their barracks. Nobody's taking anything away from them. In Nazi concentration camps, they tattooed ID numbers on your arms. In American migrant detention centers, there are no tattooed ID numbers on anyone's arm. In Nazi concentration camps, they removed gold teeth. And fillings. They, they ripped them out of people's mouths. At American migrant detention centers. Gold and silver teeth stay in your mouth. And the only time anyone ever looks at your mouth or, or touches your mouth. Is if you have a toothache and you need a dentist. Which they gladly call you. And that's the concentration extermination camps. There's inadequate clothing in the cold. People were freezing to death because they only had a, a light. They had that, that striped uniform. It was a light uniform. And uh, they, they were freezing and uh, freezing to death. In American migrant detention centers, they gave, out, they gave out coats when it was cold. And it's air conditioned when it's, when it's warm. Nazi concentration extermination camps, there are no shoes. You didn't have shoes. You walked around barefoot. In American migrant detention centers, there are plenty of shoes. And if your shoes wear out, 
There's more shoes. No lack of shoes. In Nazi extermination camps, there were no bathrooms, no hygiene whatsoever. American migrant detention centers have bathrooms and hygiene. And hygiene. People are encouraged to shower and to and to go to the bathroom in a toilet. In Nazi concentration extermination camps, there are no doctors. I mean, the only doctors that were there were doctors experimenting on people, killing people. In American migrant detention centers, there is a slew of doctors there to make sure that the people who are being held there are being held in, in humane and healthy conditions and stay healthy. Nazi concentration extermination camps, there were forced death marches, sometimes on ice. In the American migrant detention centers, there are no forced long-haul marches on ice, no forced death marches. People are held there until deportation or until they are granted asylum in the United States of America. Those are the differences, at least some of them. There's a lot more, but those are some of the differences between a Nazi extermination camp and an American detention center. It's hard to understand why Alexandria or Queso Cortez um, could compare these two things and how she thinks that the comparison is a valid comparison. It's very hard for me to understand. But there you go. There you go. That's just uh, just a few of them. I mean, we could keep going. If you, if you want to keep going, we keep going. There are no trains uh, heading into the migration camps. They're, they're not rounding up people from cities and, and, and putting them into the migration camps. People are coming on their own free will to the migration camps. Nobody ran to a concentration camp. Nobody wanted to be there. But people are coming on their own free will. They're, they're, they're jumping over the fence. They're running over the border. They're taking dangerous raft rides over the ocean. Just to get to these migrant camps. That never happened at a concentration camp. I mean, I guess the Nazis would have wished that Jews would have been that gung-ho to run into a concentration camp. But that never really happened at a concentration camp because people were trying to get out of the camps, not get into the camps. By invoking the Holocaust, it's... It's just, it's just, uh, it's just mind-boggling. It really, <laughs> you know, I, I keep saying it's mind-boggling because I, I'm out of words. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just stupid. It's just idiotically stupid to make these comparisons. And yet people are, and there are so-called Jewish progressives that are standing behind these people who are making these comparisons. Which is more insulting. That people who should have more of a connection to the Holocaust, Jews are actually supporting this kind of stupidity. But then again, anytime you need a Jew, to, anytime you need anyone to roast a Jew, you could always hire a Jew. I mean, seriously, just ask uh, just ask Netflix, right? I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live every Sunday night, except for this week and next week, where we're on Monday nights, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in. Number to call, 1-877-669-1292. 1-877-669-1292.
They all chase him away. Just a ragged boy trying to survive. He'll do anything, anything just to stay alive. When they stop okay to his parents' home, he was in the bedroom, a little boy alone. When they took them away, he had no place left to stay So he went off and tried to find his way He went from town to town hoping someone Would take a vagabond child as a son With sticks and stones they chased him from their homes Nothing but a ragged child just a ragged boy with no place to stay. No one wants a Jewish child. They all chased him away. Just a ragged boy trying to survive. He'll do anything just to stay alive. Collapsed by the pastor's front door. Him in and laid him on the floor. Must be a Jewish child out there running wild. We'll save his soul and sprinkle him with water. They taught him things, they showed him what to do. And never, never did they mention the word Jew. Things didn't stay the same. They even changed his name, Christopher, the son of the pastor. Just a ragged boy with no place to go. They saved his life, but they only want his soul. Just a ragged boy trying to survive. He'll do anything just to stay alive. Oh uh -huh.
spread the word. We have to be aware. Don't deny it. It's absurd. The influx of wisdom is not by chance. Because nothing, my friends, is happenstance. The world has become one small hood. Take out the bad and make it all good. If we believe it, breathe it. You know we will receive it. We really can't achieve it. If we just try, when we create, we imitate. Our maker above. Celebrate the times. Let's feel the love. God is in our lives every single day. And soon the world will stand and say. Recognize me. show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292. And the lines are open if you want to call in number to call 18776691292 numbers are on me uh the call is on me you don't have to pay for it it's free feel free to call in if you want to get in on the conversation um it's um it's 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 one of those nights where i'm almost speechless because there is a um because we've gotten to the point in history where Holocaust remembrance isn't all that important anymore. Where we've gotten to the point in history where reverence for the victims in the Holocaust has disappeared. We've gotten to the point in history where people feel it's okay to appropriate Jewish suffering and politicize Jewish suffering and make fun of Holocaust survivors and Holocaust victims on Netflix shows. People find it funny to make fun of the Holocaust. Now, I've been a I've been a Mel Brooks fan for a long time, and Mel Brooks made fun of the Nazis, but he never ever made fun of the victims. The Netflix show. Roasting Anne Frank made fun of the victims of the Holocaust, made fun of a victim, a teenage girl 
who was murdered because she was Jewish. I know I made the point last week, and I'll make it again. If this kind of show was made using Emmett Till, a young black man who, a young black guy, a young kid, a black kid, he was the same age as Anne Frank when he was killed. And he was killed because he was black in the South in the 1950s. If the same show was made using Emmett Till as the subject, there'd be riots in the street. The Netflix people would have been horrified that somebody would want to make a show making fun of a young black kid beaten to death in the Mississippi. They, they would be, they'd be, they'd be absolutely outside their heads. But it's okay to do it for a Jewish girl who was killed in a concentration camp, by the way. Because she was Jewish. Jewish life is cheap. We're, we're, we're living in a time where, where, where Jewish history, Jewish life is not respected anymore. It's our fault because we've allowed it to get to this point. Because we haven't rioted in the streets. We haven't complained. We haven't screamed and yelled and said, no way, we're not going to allow this to happen. We sat complacently in our, in our, in our synagogues. We've locked the doors and sat complacently, scared. We're not strong Jews. We're still the same weak Jews we've always been. Coming up after the break, we will be joined by Sheldon Eric Fried. Sheldon Eric Fried is my long-suffering producer right here on the Howie Silberger Show. He'll be joining us right after the break. Guys, we've got to wake up. If we allow this to continue, we will... Be falling deeper and deeper into this abyss. If we allow this to continue, then there's no telling, absolutely no telling, where Judaism will be and where the Jewish people will be in five to ten years. Those who forget history are condemned to repeat it. Those who allow other people to appropriate history allow them to control our destiny. I'm not willing to let that happen. I'm willing to fight. Are you? I'm Howie Silvergers, the Howie Silvergers Show. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we'll be joined by my long-suffering producer, Sheldon Eric Freed. Come to your rhythm, Messiahs. We'll get you higher. Get you through the door. Come to your rhythm, Messiahs. We're what you Fill with 
I'm Peter Anthony Holder, host of the Stuff File program, and you're listening to True Talk Radio, the only place to be. Is a chance to pursue what is right And how do we know that each mitzvah we do Creates an eternal light And how do we know that there will be a time When the children of Hashem will reunite The answer, my son, is Hashem has told us so He spoke through our prophets long ago How do we know that the Torah is real? That each and every letter is true And how do we know that each day we exist Our lives have been granted anew Yes, and how do we know that the love in our hearts Is there to be shared with every Jew The answer, my friend We heard our hearts sing Hashem Himself has spoken from on of 
Listening. Of course we know it's true 
his goals We can't take too much longer You know And welcome to this Monday night edition of the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. And we are live until 9 o'clock. And you could call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. We'll be live on Monday night this week and next week. No show Sunday, but we'll be live on Monday night. Uh, coming up right after the show, by the way. Right after the show tonight. Right now. Right after the show. In about uh, 48 minutes. We will, uh, we will be featuring the 500th episode of The Stuff File with Peter Anthony Holder. That's right, episode number 500 will be on following this show. You don't want to miss that. I'm Howie Silverkus, the Howie Silverkus Show. Join me now, as he does uh, every, well, usually Sunday night, but it's now Monday night, is my long-suffering producer, Mr. Sheldon Eric Freed. Hello, Sheldon. Hello, Howie. How are you? I am uh, I am absolutely mind-boggled. That's, that's you how are mind-boggled? I am mind-boggled. Okay. All right. What are you mind-boggled? 
boggled about. <laughs> uh, yes, you see, I love, I love throwing Sheldon tongue twisters. So he Yes, could, you he do. Could, <laughs> they could trip over them while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, well, you know, it's, uh, I'm tripping. What can I tell you? <laughs> uh, Sheldon, I am mom. mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Yes, English is my first language, Sheldon. It really is. <laughs> Sheldon, I am mind boggled by the way that uh, Judaism has been treated and the Jewish people have been treated uh, across the world uh, for the last uh, for the last couple of months, at least uh, at least the last couple of years since Donald Trump was uh, was elected president. It's it's unbelievable that uh, that a lot of this stuff, you know, appropriation of Jewish history, uh, comparisons to uh, to to the singular worst thing to happen to Jewish people in the last two centuries. Uh, it's just it's just mind boggling that people buy into this and that Jews are are actually supporting these stupid and and idiotic comparisons it's it's you know it it just boggles my mind Sheldon boggles my mind it's mind-boggling it really is yes so Sheldon there's a movie coming out called Holy Lands <laughs> let me tell you about this movie because um you know it's mind-boggling yeah I'll do it again right <laughs> mind-boggling okay <sighs> okay uh, the, the movie Holy Land Holy Lands with an S at the end Stars Hollywood veteran James Caan as a relatively secular American Jew turned Israeli pig farmer, Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Pig farmer. Yeah. Okay, that's not kosher. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he plays a 79-year-old Jewish actor, uh, plays a 79-year-old Jewish cardiologist named Harry Rosensmirk, who chooses the late-in-life path of raising pigs in Nazareth, Israel. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie that they, they, they produce, Sheldon. I didn't even know James Conn was even alive. Apparently, he's still acting, and he's playing a pig farmer in Israel. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I try to understand that myself. There's so many things wrong with this whole thing. I just don't get it. I mean, uh, who's he going to sell these pigs to? Uh, certainly certainly not Moish, uh, certainly, Tom, uh, by Tom Hollander. Well, he's not, he's not selling it to Mohammed either, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> no. They're not buying pig from him either. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. It's just so weird. It's so weird. That's strange. I mean, it's uh, like, come on. There are no. There's no other religion in the world, by the way, where people take pot shots at and people do all this stuff at, and nobody reacts. I mean, Jews just don't react to this stuff. It's it's amazing. We just. I guess we just like being. Um, we just like being bashed and and. And destroyed. I, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, story is, Sheldon. If Netflix doesn't pick pick on the Jewish religion, then this is picking on the Jewish religion. I mean, it doesn't stop, right? Yeah, it doesn't stop. And you know what? It's going to keep on going too, until somebody stands up, is until somebody says, you know what? Enough is enough. I, I don't get it. That whole Netflix thing. We we talked about it in the last show, but um, you know, Netflix doing a roast of Anne Frank. I, I'm still infuriated by that. I, I'm still pissed off by that. And I'm you would think you would think they would know better. Like but, it, it wouldn't even be brain surgery, not even to think about. Never mind titling it, even showing it, even any kind of like you don't do that. But but Sheldon, I'm not even pissed off that Netflix that Netflix made the show and that Jews produced the show. That doesn't even piss me off because Jews will always be there to scare Jews. Uh, I have uh, I have no faith in the Jewish people, right? So if there's a if there's someone out there to 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 hurt Jews, someone out there to to. To um to hurt the Jewish religion is always going to be a Jew, so that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that the leadership of the Jewish community, the people who are supposed to care, 
just don't. That's what bothers me. People make hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars of salaries are paid out to Jewish leadership around the world, and they've remained silent. And that's what really bothers me. Millions of dollars are given to Jewish organizations every single year, and there have been no rallies or riots or anything in the streets. Nobody cares. People are just too scared. People are just trying to be politically correct. People just don't want to get their hands dirty. There's so many different reasons. Not that I'm saying it's acceptable reasons, but these are the reasons that probably people just don't want to do the uh, go out, show their face. You know what? You I... know, show, uh, you know, fight for what fight for what they believe in. Fight for being proud to be a Jewish person. I, I really don't give a damn about political correctness. That doesn't that doesn't no, affect but my a life lot of people anyway. do. That's the problem. I that's really, the big. That's the biggest problem is total apathy. I, I really couldn't give a crap what anyone thinks of me. I, no, I really no. Well, don't. Well, you've always stood up for what you believed in, and that's why you're very well respect. You're very well respected because of that. But you've also taken quite a few lumps. But you still stood up, and you still refused to to bow down, and you still refused to you know fight and stand up for what you believe in. And the because problem is Sheldon, a, because Sheldon, I take the lessons of Judaism very seriously. Exactly, and so when but a you, lot when of you, people don't. When you look at the Hanukkah story, Sheldon, and you look at the uh, and you look at the Purim story, Sheldon, you realize that you 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 don't bow down to the idols of today. You, no, you, you just don't do it, Sheldon. Let's go to the phones. We got a call. Hi, is that uh, is that Nathan? Yeah. Hi, Ellie. Hi, Sheldon. Where's Mark? Mark is not on tonight. He should be back in a couple of weeks. I think he's near where Waldo okay. is or something. If you find Waldo, you'll find Mark. Uh, Waldo. Yeah. Um, Howie and uh, Sheldon, uh, mm -hmm. you're talking, um, well, Howie, you were talking about Alexandra Cortez. Yeah. You left out another notable politician, Bernie Sanders. He's terrible. Ah, Bernie Sanders is... is uh, I, Unbelievable. I, I have a hard time even defining him as a Jew, because he doesn't define Bernie, himself as Bernie a Jew. Bernie Sanders won't ever see the light of day in U.S. politics. They'll never elect him. But but he doesn't even see himself as a Jew. He says he's a socialist. He's not Jew. His religion's socialism. How could you be a socialist well, and not a Jew? Uh, I don't understand why you can't be both. No no. He says he's not a Jewish. He's a socialist. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in uh, in Judaism. He believes oh. in socialism. That's his religion. Oh, okay. And I, I I think Alexander Cortez and Bernie Sanders, um, I'm being harsh here. They should be banned and uh, thrown out of the Congress. All right, given a, a bit of a penalty, out completely. Well, Unbelievable! She, some of the some of the words that are coming out of their mouths. Well, she should really be um, she should really be impeached for giving advice to advice to migrants on how to avoid being captured by federal authorities. She is a Correct. representative of the government, and um, and usurping American laws, a representative of the government, is an impeachable offense. So if, if she's going to push for the impeachment of the president, then she should really be uh, looked at the same way. And she broke the law, therefore she should be impeached. Yeah, and also you spoke about uh, 80 years on about the Holocaust. Yeah. Right. And you said that uh, uh, you said it might eventually, it eventually disappear. Uh, I disagree with you. We can't let the Holocaust disappear, right? After 80 years at six million of our brothers, sisters, and, and, and little babies were, were, were taken to the gas chambers. If, if that does happen, Howie, then you can close down the whole of the Jewish religion. Well, don't you see it disappearing? 
I mean, look, Netflix put out that Anne Frank show where they made fun of Anne Frank. Uh, when, once that happens, there's no big backlash for that. I mean, Netflix didn't pull down the show. The Jewish community didn't insist on it. Uh, Jewish leaders didn't stand up and start screaming. Netflix still has the show available for watching. I'm looking at the Netflix uh, schedule right now. I mean, there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm logged into Netflix on this computer right here, and I'm looking, and there it is. I could just click on it and watch the show right now. Uh, don't don't you think that that means it's the end of the reverence for Holocaust victims? I mean, she was a she was a 15 year old girl who died at uh, who died in a concentration camp. Um, and and they're still showing that they're still showing that uh, that movie on 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 Anne Frank. Still available. So I see it right there. I could click on it right now and watch it if I want. Unbelievable, Howie. Unbelievable. And, and the Jewish community hasn't said a word. I haven't heard any big screaming or yelling in the Jewish yeah, community. Yeah, th- th- this is what I this is what I said last week. Our Jewish community, when it comes to something that is serious, yeah, we wipe it under the carpet or the table or the table or the carpet, and we do nothing about it. When there's something serious, we all come together. If in a synagogue after a massacre or anything in a synagogue or whatever. Then we go away, and then another, then another event will happen. But we don't demonstrate in the streets. We do not demonstrate in the streets. See, here, here's the thing. Also, you know, you, you know, this generation now is already starting to erode in terms of the Jewish values, in terms of standing up for what you believe in and everything. What's gonna if you think it's bad now, gentlemen? What's going to happen with the next generation when the next generation takes the baton, runs with it? What, what do you think is going to happen? If you think it's bad now and it's bad now, what do you think is going to happen for the next generation? Well, once it, once you start watering it down, it, you know, it, it just gets watered down more and more every generation. So next generation is not going to care about Judaism at all. Exactly. Yeah, and the next, and the next generation will totally forget about the um, um, uh, 80 years on about the Holocaust. And and the Jewish, I, I don't, hopefully the Jewish religion won't uh, completely um, evaporate. And the thing is, what's going to happen for Netflix? Will introduce another show even worse than what they're introducing oh, right yeah. now. Correct, Sheldon. Correct, correct. All right, uh, Nathan. Thank you so much for calling. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Take care, Nathan. Thanks, thanks, Sheldon. Keep up the great work. Keep up the great work, Howie and Sheldon. Thank you, great Nathan. Great show. Bye. That was uh, Nathan from Melbourne, Australia. You could call in too. Number to call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Here's another thing too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we asked. I remember we asked Nathan this last week about, you know, what uh, in terms of the people in the Jewish community in Melbourne, if they were stand, standing up for their own communities, and I believe, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, that Nathan said the same thing. There was a lot of apathy in melbourne there's a lot of apathy here in our area well don't think there's the jewish community is different anywhere you know when you're yeah, here you know and there, i was just wondering the if there was everywhere. different areas you know probably the one that stands up the most is probably israel well they have no choice if they don't stand up they're gonna die exactly but everywhere else in the world they're not standing up so then you know like i was just saying before when nathan was on board you know like now it's uh the 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 um the seriousness, the fight, the uh, you know, the entrenchment of our beliefs, our values, our morals, are eroding away like rocks rode away in a cliff and just going into the water. And like you said, it's going to get worse in the next generation. And then, by the time the next few generations, way after you and I leave this earth and go to heaven, 
the Jewish religion, the way it's going right now, and I really hope I'm wrong on saying this, I really, really do, is going to practically be non-existent. Well, and I really, really hope I'm wrong well, with Sheldon, this. Well, Sheldon, the secular Jewish community will, will disappear, and the Orthodox Jewish community will stay Orthodox. That's the way it will work. Um, let me ask you this question, Sheldon, because uh, yeah. I, I know it's, it's a silly question, but uh, let me ask it anyway, because I'm curious what you, what you think. Mm-hmm. Let's say Netflix, the uh, you know they're doing historical roasts. So the first one they decided to do was Anne Frank, right? Because right. I guess they figured they could get the publicity. Uh, people will get outraged by it, and they'll get free publicity, as uh, you know any any mention is a good mention. You know, mm-hmm. that's, the way, that's the way publicity works, right? right and exactly. So, so I guess they figured they put themselves on the map by doing Anne Frank and and pissing off the Jewish community. Uh, let's say next one they decide to do is Emmett Till. How do you think that's going to go over? Do you think the black community will go crazy? You know who Emmett Till is. Uh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. yeah. So Emmett and Till was a 13-year-old boy who uh, who was beaten to death in uh, in Mississippi in the 1950s. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that, I think, last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. And uh, his mother decided that he to put his body on, on display at his funeral, his beaten, decomposing body on display at the funeral, to show oh, the savagery of the beating that he did. He had, the men who beat him were captured... They were put on trial, but uh, all white jury acquitted them in in Mississippi in the 1950s. Not overly surprising. An all white jury acquitted them, and um, and uh, and later on it was proven that uh, that that he, he was beaten because he apparently he allegedly catcalled a um, a, um, a a waitress, but uh, she admitted later that he never did that, and they just beat him because he was black. Um, so if if Netflix decided that the next roast they're going to do is Emmett Till, do you think that will go over well with the black community? I I don't see it going well with the black community. No, because you got guys like uh, Louis Farrakhan, and as much as oh, I no. hate, yeah, exactly. As much as yeah, I hate I Louis Farrakhan, Jesse, Je- <laughs> as much as I hate these guys, right? Louis Farrakhan, um, Reverend Jesse Jackson, Jesse Jackson, and uh, and that other idiot. Uh, I don't even like saying his name. Al Sharpton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as long as those three idiots are running around, the, the only thing they do well is is saying, no, you can't do that to the black people. No, we're not going to oh, accept and, that. And they get and they really, really get a lot of str- very, very strong and very violent rallies. I, I, I don't agree with their tactics because they're hate mongers. But aside from being hate mongers, I admire the fact that they stand up strongly for their community. Whether they're right or wrong is another story, whether it's true or not. And what are, what they say is true or not is a different story, but the fact that they stand up for their community is is an admirable uh, trait, in my opinion. You know, it's funny when they when the all white jury acquitted the defendants. You know, it just reminds me of something that just went down real uh, close to home, when this guy Robert Ga- uh, Jocelyn, who was charged with threatening to kill Jewish girls at a Jewish school, yeah, last week. And the jury found him not criminally responsible. So this is going in different parts, you know, all over the world in different areas where a person would commit violent acts. And you know what? It was funny, even on a local story. I mean, I know we try not to do local, but just for an example, there was no specific outrage from the Jewish community when Robert Goslow was 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 found was not found criminally responsible there was no backlash nothing let me on tell, local media let me tell you a story because uh i always have a story <laughs> so let me tell you a story uh years ago 
uh, maybe 19 years ago, 18, 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. I got a call one morning telling me that uh, five synagogues were daubed with swastikas. So somebody who was driving by a synagogue saw swastikas daubed on a synagogue and then decided to go and check out all the other synagogues and found swastikas were daubed on five synagogues that he passed through. And he called me up and he told me, hey, Howie, this is what happened, right? And I said, okay. And I turned on the news and I didn't hear anything on the news. So I called I called the uh, local newspaper and I called the local radio station. And I said, I would like to comment on behalf of, I had an organization at the time called Save All Jews Everywhere. Mm-hmm. On behalf of Save All Jews Everywhere, I'd like to comment on the synagogue desecrations. Uh, I called the local radio station, uh, the one that you used to work at. Mm-hmm. The newsroom and uh, the person who answered the phone, very nice person, said to me, "Oh, um, there was a synagogue desecration," and I said, "Yeah." I said, five of them," and I named the synagogues. They said, "Hold on a second. I guess they must have called their police source and confirmed the synagogue desecration because they came back and took my. Um, they came back and they took my statement. And my statement generally was, we condemn. We at Save All Jews Everywhere condemn the synagogue desecrations." And we call upon the Jewish community to be more vigilant around their religious institutions. We call on people who live near the Jewish institutions to keep their eyes open and report anything they see that may be a little, you know, out of the ordinary. This is this is this is what I said, right? Mm-hmm. But an hour after the first news report, I let off the news every hour for the next for the for the whole day. Uh, after the first one aired, I get a call from one of the Jewish leaders. In the community. Uh oh. And the person says to me, How dare you go on radio and make an announcement that synagogues were desecrated? How dare you? What gave you the right to do that? And uh, I, you were doing your job? I, I, I took a breath and I said, I don't, um, I don't see myself needing anyone's permission to make a phone call. Uh, I, I don't, need see, I don't see, need anyone's permission to make a statement on behalf of myself. I'm not speaking on behalf of the community. I'm speaking on behalf of myself, my organization. Um, I, I don't see a problem with that, do you? And he says, yes. He says, you know, what we're, you know every time you go and you, you make a statement, you do that, you're scaring the community. And, uh, and you know, you're, you're, you're encouraging copycats to go and commit these kind of crimes. So we like to keep everything quiet. We don't want to tell the community what's going on because we don't want to scare them. Want the community to be happy. We don't want to be scared. Uh, let me let me ask you this. He says that. What would happen, okay, if you and I went to those synagogues? We wake up in the morning. We go to the synagogues to pray to worship. Yeah. And we go to the synagogue and we see the desecration outside the synagogue. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's not brought to the Jewish community's attention to say, "Hey, this is not right." We're condemning the actions of the people responsible for the desecration of our synagogue. Of our of our religious institutions, and even if you don't say anything, what's the you know people are going to go to these synagogues and they're going to see they're going to be gasped and they're going to get mad and then they're going to wonder why wasn't anything said. So you I, know I, when they say they hide it, yeah, you know when they hide it, when people are going to the synagogue, are they not going to see it? Of course they're going to see it. No one's blind. So, you know exactly. So what what would this person? that, that uh, really gave you grief on it, what would this person have to gain by saying that you, you know, we got to keep it under the, you know, we got to keep it under, under the rug and not say anything about it? 
Because what's to prevent other people from saying things about it? And that's exactly the problem that our Jewish community has. We don't say things that this bothers us. It's a very, uh, you know, it's 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 the attitude. And it's an attitude I've hated since I'm a kid. It's the attitude of, you know, if we say anything, the non-Jews are going to hate us even more. That's not true. They're going to hate us either way. They don't care, right? If somebody's going to hate me, they're going to hate me whether I speak out or whether I don't speak out. That my, my voice is not going to change somebody hating me. So that's And you're not going to care yes. if somebody hates you anyway. And I don't care if people hate me. It doesn't exactly. bother me. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care. I will say what has to be said, and I really don't care what anyone has to say about it. And that's exactly what I answered the guy. I said, listen, I said... Um, I think not telling the Jewish community is more scary, is scarier than telling the Jewish community. If I was living next to a synagogue, I would like to know that the synagogue next to my house was, was, was uh, vandalized because then I could put up security cameras in front of my house that might, uh, that might catch the vandals. I, I could keep an eye open. I could look up my window a couple more times a day. I could, uh, I could be vigilant and listen for uh, traffic that doesn't sound normal. I could, you know, there's all sorts of stuff I could do as a neighbor at a synagogue to try to help protect the synagogue. But instead, hiding it under the carpet is not really going to solve the problem. She's going no, to, if anything, it makes matters a lot worse. She's going to prolong the problem. Uh, years ago, there was a, um, there was a spat of, uh, of, of muggings of old Jewish ladies walking to the supermarket. And so there was a young uh, Russian guy in Montreal who decided that he was, he was a... Um, he was a black belt in karate or one of the uh, martial arts. And he decided that he was going to start up a Jewish security force. Now, it wasn't going to be a, um, an armed force. It wasn't going to be a force that was going to, uh, to be security for events. What he wanted to do was basically a walk-safe program for old people in, in the communities that were being mugged. So, uh, so he got a bunch of volunteers, and he started training them in self-defense. And he said, look, you're going to walk with these old ladies. And if, um, and if somebody comes up to attack you... Your first line of defense is to try to talk them down. If you can't talk them down, you take them down, which which makes perfect sense, right? Protect mm-hmm. the lady. Mm-hmm. The um, the Jewish community, the organized Jewish community, turned the guy into the RCMP. Oh my God! They called the RCMP and they told the RCMP that the guy was starting up a paramilitary group, uh, you know, and 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 that he was a danger to the Jewish community and to the and to the Montreal community. The guy was arrested. He was a Russian. He was an immigrant. He was arrested and he was threatened with uh, deportation unless he dropped the uh, whole idea. So he dropped the whole idea. What's he going to do? Oh, boy. So, you know, this is the kind of control and power the Jewish community, the organized Jewish community, because they have the money and they're, 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 they're in charge. This is the kind of power and control the organized Jewish community tries to have over you. I remember I was listening uh, just not long ago. We were playing, uh, celebrating one of the anniversaries of the Howie Silberger show. I was playing some old episodes on True Talk Radio. I don't know if you remember that. They were running, uh, were running yeah, old episodes. I remember, I remember some of them, yeah. And uh, one of the episodes I'm listening to, I was talking about, um, uh, I was talking about something that happened in the Jewish community. I think it was also a synagogue desecration. And I was screaming about how the Jewish community is doing nothing about this, and it's the fifth synagogue desecration that's happened in six months, and 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 the Jewish community is not doing anything to stop it, and how dare them, and blah blah blah. Right, the stuff I usually scream. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I went to break, and I came back from break, and I said, and, and it was hilarious. Uh, it was hilarious because this you know fits right into what we're saying right now. I came back from break, and I said, I just got a call from a leader of the Jewish community who told me to stop talking about this topic. 
Oh my God. And he told me that uh, that talking about this topic is going to hurt the situation rather than help the situation. And I should stop talking about this topic because I'm scaring the Jewish community. So what has he done? My question would be, what has he done to heal the Jewish community? He's telling you not to talk about it, but what else is he doing? What what other methods of action or measures of action is this person taking to try to re- to uh, to try to relax the Jewish community? Well, they're, all they're, he's telling you is not to talk about it. But what else is he doing? They're coordinating with the police for more security. They're building fortresses out of synagogues. They're turning synagogues into castles, with uh, with guards and uh, and automatic locking doors and and bulletproof windows. That's oh, what they're doing. Heavens. So so you know, so that Jews could feel safe going to the synagogue because they you know they could walk into a fortress, put up big fences, and uh, you know you'll be like the Jews in South Africa with to build huge fences. After the fall of the apartheid regime, because the blacks were coming to kill everyone, right? Oh boy, it's uh, it's very sad. It's sad and scary. It's really very scary. sad and scary. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't exactly feel secure walking into a fence, you know, steel fence and locked doors. You feel like you're in a jail cell. Well, aside from feeling in a jail cell, I I, I really think that locking myself into a building uh, increases my chances of getting killed. <laughs> and having every door in the building open and giving me an escape route, but that's just yeah, me. That's just you, exactly. I agree with you. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we will have a center block by Shelton Eric Free. Shelton, you have a center block. Wow. Yes, I do. I am. I'm so happy to hear that. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. You're listening to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Right. 
righteous get up. show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Subiger. And we are live this Monday night here on the True Talk Radio Network. So happy to be here. I'm starting with this happy thing again. Uh-oh. Uh, so happy to be here. And uh, next Sunday, we will not have a show, but the show will be on again Monday night next week. So feel free to tune in. You could call into the program uh, when we are live. If you're listening to the replay, don't bother calling because we're not going to answer. But if you are listening live, you are listening live. Yes, that is English. If you are listening live, we could, um, you, you could. We, we're here already, but you could call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 And uh, I am pleased. I am finally happy and happy and pleased and pleased and happy that Sheldon has a center block. So here is my long-suffering producer, producer. Let's try that again. Here is my long-suffering producer, Sheldon Eric Freed and Center Block. Thank you very much, Howie. My Center Block topic for this evening is the bias in media and anti-Israel sentiments. There is no doubt about the disgust I have towards many media outlets throughout the world. All media organizations, pure and simple, have one duty and one duty only, to report the facts pure and simple. Media has a duty to make people like you and I think for ourselves. It is not the media's role to be opinionated. That is what editorialists and talk show commentators are for, not the news people or people who are on the ground reporting from remote locations. Media's responsibility is to take into account all sides and reports the facts honestly and unbiasedly, period. 
nothing less. It does not make a difference on what your values, political beliefs, or anything else you might have. There is no room for this in order to become a very honest and hard-nosed journalist. An example of bias would be on what has been going on in the Middle East. Despite the pure honest fact that Israel is the only freely democratic country in this very volatile area of the world, no matter what Israel does or does not do, they get heavily criticized. It seems that Israel could do no right. Could you imagine, Howie, if Israel did not exist, if people think things are bad in the Middle East now, it would be nothing compared if Israel would not exist, and that is, of course, exactly on what the other Arab countries would just absolutely love to see. Never mind Israel is the homeland for the Jewish people, and many people around the world now make Israel their home. Israel has been more than a peace-loving country. They have tried their very best to make peace throughout the world and with the other Arabic countries, and they have made conditions for the Palestinian Arabic people to live in peace while living in Israel. Then it comes to, what does the media do? When Israel has to defend itself, they drop leaflets to the regions affected by the possibility of a missile attack so people have enough time to leave the area. What does some of the Arabic people do? They use their own children as shields. Then media gets a hold of this, and presto, Israel gets blamed again and again. Any intelligent person would definitely agree that Israel has a right to defend itself in order for their citizens to live in health, peace, prosperity, and love. We can all recall when Israel was under attack from Scud missiles from Iraq, and Israel wanted to defend itself. However, President Bush from the United States at that time ordered Israel to stand down and not to defend themselves. Did the media even so much give Israel any credit at all despite the missiles entering their country? No, absolutely nothing, nada. It is time for the media to do what they are supposed to do report the facts. That's it. Education is the best weapon against slant journalism. It is not what people go to journalism school for. It is about learning, listening, and intelligence, reporting the facts. For Centerblock, I'm Sheldon Eric Fried on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you, Sheldon. That was, uh, that was interesting, and I agree with you. I don't often agree with you, Sheldon, but I do. I did even say I, I did say you were going to agree with me. You you did you did tell me that, and uh, because you know what, you and I went to the same type of type of school in terms of journalism, reporting the facts. I mean, look, when you've had debates and you've had candidates going in, and there's some candidates whose parties you did not agree with, you gave you gave them all a fair chance. You listened to what they had to say. You asked the tough questions. That's my job, and right? you were unbiased, and that's what journalism is all about. I agree with you. That was my job, and uh, you know, I try to do it as well as, as well as I can. And the problem is with a lot of journalists of people today, it's all sensationalism. It's not what most people like you that went to school was was taught. And a lot of them is like breaking news and 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 all this sensationalism and fake news and all this kind of crap. It's it's time that people have to start getting back to their basic roots. And just report what's there and make every look. Uh, people have their own minds and own brains, and they can come up with any ideas they want to have anyway. But it's for people like you, people like myself, anybody that's behind a microphone. We want to make people think, not want to persuade people that this is the right thing, this is not the right way. The facts are the facts. And 
people have to think for themselves. Well, Sheldon, uh, the only way we could get back to news being news is to take the entertainment people out of the newsrooms. Uh, well, that's the biggest problem. Jeff Zucker should not be running CNN, but he is. And he was the, you know, he was the president of NBC and the president of CBS. He should not be running CNN. He's an entertainment guy. He's not a news guy. So yeah. news people should be running news organizations. And as long as they're not, then uh, it's all about entertainment. And entertainment is, uh, you know, the panel discussion with two people yelling at each other. The, uh, you know, Once you sensationalize the news, it's no longer news. It's fantasy. And it's, it's just for specific thing called ratings. But, you know, the heck with the actual what news is. And this is what the difference is when people ask me. And people say, what's the difference when people like, let's say, talk show hosts, they go on. I said, talk show hosts are not news people. You know, talk show talk show hosts are uh, you know are just that, They're and they don't, they, don't, they don't claim to be news people. They claim to be opinion people. Exactly, and that's what they and that's fine. You know that that's fine. But you know what, the news people sometimes had a tendency on certain media outlets not to look at all sides because there's always three sides to every story: one side, the other side, and the truth. Of course, and the responsibility of hard nosed journalism is to ask the tough questions with journalistic integrity. Listen to the answers and make sure that they, they, they answer the questions that are sought out, you know, that are sought out. Look, I mean, there's so many political parties where, you know, you have to you get pre-screened on what you can ask. What kind of stuff is that? Yeah, you should be able you should be, you know, a journalist. I've turned, I've turned down interviews, Sheldon, where people have asked me. Um, people have asked me to send them questions in advance. I've yeah. said no way. And that's not right. That is absolutely not right. I've because, actually you know, turned down high-profile interviews because I refuse to send questions in advance. Yeah, and you're 100% right. That would do the same thing. And I, I think that's the big, that's the biggest thing because, you know, journalists are that, that ask the tough questions and they want to get the answers because they represent the people. For me... And people have the right to have the answers for them to make up their own minds. For me, when, uh, when I'm interviewing someone, there's no limits. I, I will ask them anything and everything that I have to ask them in order to get the information that I'm looking for and the information that my listenership wants. And that's, but that's you're also a man of integrity. You're not going to deep go below the belt for sensationalism. No, you're going to ask the hard questions to get the, to get the facts. I, I only went below the belt once, and there was a reason for it, and I got the facts anyway, and that was the reason for it. I couldn't get them going any other way. But it was only one time, and it was a long, long, long time ago, Sheldon, on my okay. TV show, not even on my radio show. Okay. So, the, I Fair did enough. TV before I did radio, so that's how long ago it was. That was a long time ago. That was a very, okay. very long time ago. All right, just before we end the show, um, uh, I, I, I want to tell you the truth, really, because uh, you know we're talking about integrity and truth here, and uh, I think it's time that we tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't tell the truth last week, and I I'm, I feel horrible, and I, I want to tell the truth this week. Okay. So about a week ago, uh, our, our 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 long suffering producer Sheldon Eric Fried um, celebrated a birthday, and um, and we we didn't wish him a happy birthday on the show because uh, you know the show was delayed, and then then it came on, and then anyway it didn't work out. We didn't wish him a happy birthday a week ago, but we were going to do it now because. Well, uh, actually, my birthday was technically speaking May nineteenth, which was Victoria Day I, weekend. I, nobody asked your opinion, Sheldon. It's a month okay, ago. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you see, here you see, we go. I'm trying okay. to. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. Well, the, okay. Right? I, I, it's a month later. I was trying All to right. save face a little bit, but no, no, no. Sheldon has to throw it in my face. Okay, fine. So, so I'm going to change what I was going to say about Sheldon. <laughs> I'll be nice. 
Because, you know, as he gets older, he gets crankier. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, Sheldon, Sheldon's a nice guy. I mean, uh, you know, he, uh, he he's a little, you know, a little short on hair, but he's he's a really nice guy. Uh-huh. I and, wonder why I'm short on hair. And uh, and and he's he he celebrated his birthday. Uh, I said last week because I was trying to save face because we haven't said a word about it in a month. But but fine, fine. He called me out on it, and fine, fine. It took us a month to say happy birthday to Sheldon. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. I was going to do a whole tribute and everything, and you know, tell you. Oh, how, you could you could do a whole and, tribute. You got and, another six or and, seven minutes. And I was going to tell you how much we appreciate you being on the show and all that stuff, but you know, you 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 kind of killed the mood, Sheldon. You 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 just killed the well, mood. Well, you know what? Uh, I just got a message from Nathan. He said, "Muzzle tough on your birthday a month ago." Yeah. Well, you know, we weren't on for two weeks, and then we came on, and then we had the Anne Frank thing, and we were screaming about Anne Frank, and it wasn't really appropriate to talk about this. Yeah. I understand. And and then you know this week was the first week I had the opportunity to to say something nice about Sheldon and he messed it up. Okay, fine. Oh, you could still say something nice no, about no, me. No, 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 no. You've you've I always me. say something nice about you. You've killed the mood, Sheldon. Oh, stop. We we That's tried. Nice. I tried. I mean, I Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure you did. Okay. <laughs> uh by the way, Sheldon, it was a milestone birthday for Sheldon. Sheldon officially became old. Before, I always called him old, but he wasn't officially old. Now he's officially old. I'm officially old. You are? Okay. Wait. I thought I thought I was young at heart, but okay. Okay, okay, okay. So young at heart. Well, people who say I'm young at heart are old people. No young person says I'm young at heart. <laughs> because they don't have to defend themselves <laughs> from people like yourself that are calling them old. Oh, maybe that's the point. Yeah, exactly. That is the point. Anyway, on behalf of everybody here at True Talk Radio, all of us, we wish you, Sheldon Elkfried, our long-suffering producer, a very, very happy birthday a month ago. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we that. hope that you have another 60 birthdays. I hope so, too. I would love to have another 60-plus birthdays. That would be, that'd be very nice. Yeah. All right. So, so stay tuned. Uh, the 500th episode of The Stuff File. Imagine 500 episodes, uh, Sheldon. You know, I've uh, you and I both had the opportunity to work with Peter in our in our past Uh pastime at the other radio station and peter was a, a blast to work with and some of the some of the uh, interviews he had like are just amazing and yeah. some of the strangest interviews right he's ever had were amazing and that's what always made him a very interesting person and you me. should pick up peter's book uh just look up peter anthony holder he has a book he came off a book about all his interviews pick up the book uh, it's, it's an interesting fascinating book all right sheldon we we gotta go howie it's been fun uh, it has been fun so we'll see you next Monday, all God willing. We'll be back here next Monday. Thank you all for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the 500th episode of Peter Anthony Holder's The Stuff File right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm Howie Selberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. And, uh, and, and we're done. We're, we'll be back. Take care, everyone. Have a good week.
Strong. It's the start of something big. We can't be wrong. 